Welcome to the Women in Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather Kennison, and I am your host as well as the founder of Women in Youth Ministry. Our goal as an organization is to elevate the voices of women in a male-saturated field. While we love to partner with all genders for our podcast, we are currently in a series called Women Teach the Bible. The series is so important because if you ask who a person's favorite preachers, speakers, authors, or podcasters are, often you find that list nominated by men. And while we love y'all, I want to create a space for women to teach so that you can hear the Bible through a different lens. For more, you can follow us on Insta or Twitter at Women in YM, or go to our website, womenandyouthministry.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Women and Youth Ministry podcast. This week, our guest is Cherie Rivera. Cherie, why don't you say hi and give us a quick introduction? Hey, what's up, everybody? So excited to be on here today. We are going to get fierce. We're going to get our power moving. We're going to boss up. (laughs) We're going to learn our worth today. What's up? Let's get it. Yes. So Cherie and I met uh, this summer or spring. I don't know when we met, <laughs> but we were who both knows? apart. So in COVID world, who knows? We, we met sometime. This year. In 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we were both a part of a coaching certification group uh, put on by Zara and Co and the Center for Coaching. And mm-hmm. uh, so that was where we met. And that's I, 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 when Sheree said, we're going to boss it up today. I know she was targeting that towards me. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to let them get to know you more. And I'd love for you to share. So this is one of my favorite questions to ask. What is your call story? How did you get involved in ministry? And what are you doing in ministry right now? Hmm. So I'm a creative director with Urban Youth Workers Institute, um, and we uh, are a leadership development organization. So we help um, youth workers from all across the country become leaders and equip them to better serve and reach youth, urban youth uh, particularly. So um, I'm also a singer, and that's my favorite art form. I just released a tune called Let Love Begin. Um, not just and... a tune, a bop. Hmm? I said not it's just a, a tune, it was a bop. It was so oh, good. Okay. okay, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what I do right now. Um, I've done a lot of things throughout life. I've been a worship leader for several years. Um, I've been a urban activist for a long time, community development work for a long time. So yeah, uh, my call story, man, um, it's funny because I've lived in so many different cities. I've lived in New York. I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in Minneapolis. I've lived in Detroit. I've lived in Denver. Um, uh, and now I live in Long Beach, California, but I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. So I really am a, a suburban girl who has lived in a bunch of awesome big cities. But um, it wasn't until college, uh, when I went to school at Nyack College in New York, that I fell in love with urban ministry and really got to understand cities, urban culture, and urban youth. And that was when God really got a hold of my heart and showed me that even though I didn't grow up in an urban area, because Columbus, I wouldn't say is an urban area where I grew up, um, 
that a lot of the issues though that I went through as a child were urban issues. So in my family, there was domestic violence, there was um, drug use, there was um, a lot of trauma, um, there was lack of resources. And so when I started to get to know urban youth, I realized that, man, my story's not that different. How did I rise above and get to you know, be in college and then eventually going to graduate college and then go on to having a professional career and then go on to having a marriage of 14 years, right? That's actually working in a, in a family that actually comes from a lot of broken marriages and a lot of broken family structures. Um, so I started thinking about like, what were some of the factors that helped me to overcome and that was what helped me to discover that I really wanted to give my life, my gifts, and my talents to equipping young people mm-hmm. to overcoming their issues, their um, troubles, their, uh, you know, obstacles in life to be able to live out God's purpose and plan for them, their life at the greatest capacity that they can. Wow. It's pretty well known that I grew up like an outwork student and it was urban youth ministry that I found myself a part of. And um, I was very fortunate to have a, a youth pastor who really invested in me because uh, urban churches are really good at uh, handing the church over to teenagers <laughs> and saying, you're thirsty and you want to lead. Uh, so we're going to let you do it because if you lead here, then you're, uh, you're not on the streets doing other stuff. Um, And so it was urban youth ministry that saved my life. And I thought that I was destined for youth ministry or for urban youth ministry. Um, But, but there's just kind of a a change in plans. And, um, and, and and I really kind of felt like um, as a a white person, um, maybe not compete with people of color uh, for positions in, in neighborhoods and cities that could really use influential people of color. Um, mm-hmm. And a middle school ministry position landed in my lap. And I was like, well, I'll just like investigate this and, and realize that middle schoolers had a lot of unique challenges that I was able to use uh, how I was raised and all the things that I was taught to help them because middle schoolers are at risk in a, in a different way. Um, so it was urban youth ministry that saved my life and gave me a call to ministry I'm very thankful for the work that you're doing. Mm, Amen. I didn't know that about you. I want to chat that up with you at some other point. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I grew up in Ferguson, Missouri. Hmm. Oh, okay. Wow. Yes. Mm. I can't believe we haven't talked about it. So I know I've talked a little bit about it before with, uh, with Rita prior on the podcast, but yeah, I grew up in Ferguson and yeah, we definitely should talk someday because uh, it mm-hmm. very much influenced who I am and in, in the ministry that I do. So, mm. alrighty. So we are in this series called Women Teach the Bible and um, we have 10 episodes down so far. And my heart behind this series is to give a fresh voice to the people who teach the Bible Um, No matter how woke we think we are, we typically tend to give a list of all white men when we talk about our favorite preachers, teachers, authors, speakers, bloggers, podcasters. It's a list of white men. And um, I feel really called to giving my platform to women, to women of color, uh, to LGBTQ women, women who may not have a platform anywhere else. Um, 
yeah, I love men. I'm married to one, uh, <laughs> but I would like to have some women uh, share about the Bible and maybe a new perspective. So uh, you're pretty unique in that you don't have a story or a character for us today. You have a passage. And Sheree, I have to be really honest. I have a very complicated relationship with this passage. Okay. <laughs> I think most women do, and that's why I actually picked it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you mm -hmm. chose the infamous Proverbs 31, <laughs> and I am just curious why. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, guys. I'm not going to get all that moron and teach you how to be a, a, a woman who loves God. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, this whole passage came to me whew, because Ah, man, I don't know if I want to tell you guys my age, but let me just say this. I'm at the age where I should feel like a woman. Mm. And for a long time, literally up until about two months ago, I didn't feel like a woman. I felt like a girl. And I know that it sounds so weird, um, but the reality is I, I started trying to dig into why that was with my therapist. And I told him, I think it's because I'm not a traditional woman. I'm not a traditional wife. And he said, what, what do you mean by traditional? And I started giving him all these stereotypes, which is really all they were, right? That we have heard in church oftentimes and preached through this passage, Proverbs 31. And so he started breaking it down with me. And he said, actually, you are a very traditional woman. You're a very traditional wife if you really look at the origin of what Proverbs 31 really is saying. And so I was like, oh, and so we, we went through it and I realized that my little radical self is actually very normal <laughs> when it comes to what a dope woman was in Jewish culture. So. Well, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. So why don't we go ahead and dig in, and I'd love for you to share with us Proverbs 31 from your perspective and your own words. All right. Well, first of all, Proverbs 31, for those who are listening, is basically a big message that says, you go, girl, you're dope. That's basically what it is saying, okay? <laughs> and um, it is a call to uh, let your life be a song, ladies. And guess what? That song isn't a song that you're going to sing about yourself. It's a song people are going to sing about you as they just observe you walking through this world and doing what you do because you're dope. Uh, Proverbs 31 is a story of a woman who personifies wisdom in action. And let's just face it. If you're living your best life and you're your best self and you are um, practicing healthy rhythms in your life, right, and you are doing the work inwardly as well as outwardly, you are uh, really bearing a lot of fruit in your life. And it's more than just like doing the dishes at your house or like making sure your kids are dressed nicely for church or, you know, you have all these recipes that you make for the holidays or, um you know, your husband's satisfied or whatever. It, it's so much bigger than that. And I feel like that whole idea of traditional has been really problematic. Um, and so I actually, before I go into this, Heather, <laughs> you said you had a problem with this passage. So what's your main issue with it? Let's just name it. Go ahead. Right. So I grew up 
Southern Baptist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I struggled with it because, so I grew up in an urban church and urban churches are so good at handing the church over to their, to their youth. Right. And Mm -hmm. it was in this church that I discovered my calling to ministry and everyone was like, Oh, Heather, you're going to grow up and you're going to be a youth pastor. And I was like, LOL, I have plans to be Oprah. I'm not going to be a youth pastor. And they Mm -hmm. were like, no, but for real, you're going to be a youth pastor. And I was like, all right, I guess like I'll submit to this. What else? Right. Mm -hmm. So then I go off to college and I continue going to Southern Baptist College, and man, was college different from my church. <laughs> mm. Very different. And that was when Proverbs 31 began being thrown into my face. And not just Proverbs mm. 31, but all of the passages about being a woman. Like, mm-hmm. Heather, you need to submit. You need to be quiet. You need to submit to the authority of men. Uh, we mm-hmm. must be quiet in the church. Like, <laughs> don't braid your hair. Don't adorn yourself with jewelry. And I've always been a pretty loud girl. I am very like classically feminine or girly Mm -hmm. but it was like I couldn't do that and lead like Mm -hmm. it was very it's very conflicting and I felt like passages like Proverbs 31 Mm -hmm. uh, were recited to me to get me to shut up and not lead and I'm Mm -hmm. all about that (laughs) that's uh that's so true so yeah. So the reality is, is that uh, Proverbs 31 is a, it's a, it's a poem. It's a word puzzle. And so it was written as an acrostic poem, which basically every letter of the alphabet, they, they, they started each line with. And so um, it forms a complete word. Like in this poem, it's a complete picture <laughs> of this dope woman and it wasn't actually written for women it was its target audience was men it was to help jewish men understand what a dope woman was and how to praise her okay so it's actually a song and it's sung proverbs 31 is actually sung at some sabbath meals in, in in jewish cultures so um oftentimes we hear this word preached around mother's day right and it's always targeted towards women and it's always about this everything you just explained <laughs> but this needs to be preached at every men's conference every men's podcast like they need to understand how to value a proverbs 31 woman because if they really understand our worth and that we are wisdom personified <laughs> like they would want us leading because we are holistic leaders and we are um, naturally gifted to be able to have a bunch of different things going on all at the same time and do them really well. Um, we have a, women have a natural ability to be empathetic. Mm-hmm. We really do. And to be compassionate and to be able to have, to feel what other people are feeling. And I think that's partially what makes a Proverbs 31 woman so amazing is she just really understands a lot of different things and she can lean into feeling the emotions, the thoughts of other people that aren't necessarily like her. So um, let's jump into it. What I want to do is I want to read the poem. Okay. Let's reframe it. It's a poem. (laughs) And I want to start at verse 10. And I just want us to point out certain things. So who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. 
She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She's like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. When I read that, I was like, wait a minute. She's international. She ain't just looking at what's happening in her country. She knows what's happening in a bunch of different countries. Mm -hmm. And she likes the finer things of life. She's bringing in all kinds of different flavors and food and fashion into her life and into her community. Um, She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. This has nothing to do with the fact that she is getting up to cook breakfast (laughs) for her husband and all her kids. You know what she's doing? She's having a business meeting. (laughs) Okay. She's like, let me get up. Let me go ahead and get some food on. Let's sit down with her servant girls, her contractors and say, okay, here's the game plan. Here's the strategy for today. Mm. This is how we're going to kill it. It was a business meeting. This was not just, you know, Martha Stewart in the kitchen. Okay. She goes to inspect a field and buys it with her earnings. She plants a vineyard. This, this woman is a financial investor. She's aware of what's happening in the economy. She has stocks and she's strategically buying and selling. (laughs) So she is not uh, letting her husband take care of all the finances. She's very involved in the finances of her home and and of her own businesses. She is a business owner. Hmm. Her hands are busy spinning thread. Her fingers twist fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. This woman is empathetic. I already said it. She has compassion. She's not only um, giving donations to those people out there, but it says she opens her arms. She brings them in. She holds them close. This woman knows how to love well. Mm. That is beautiful. Um, it goes on to say um, she has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. Uh, and in fact, that, I, that, that word warm is actually also known in the Hebrew, it reads as scarlet. So it's not just about warm clothes, it's about she has very expensive, high quality clothes. So she understands fashion, she cares about what kind of materials she's wearing, she's into fine linen, she's into fine colors. So to those women out there that are like, oh, I just, I would wear that if I could, or, you know, I don't want to be too, I don't want to be too um, flashy. Now this, this woman, she was flashy, she had the fine brands, you know, she, she had, she was, she cared about... <laughs> Uh, the quality of the clothes not only she wore but that her family wore okay so she she was in fashion there's nothing wrong with that she makes her own bedspread she dresses in fine linen and purple gowns her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with other civic leaders so <laughs> her husband sat at the table with civic leaders partially because of who his wife was Mm. (laughs) because his wife was known as a woman of value as as a woman of strength as a woman of dignity so her reputation preceded her and gave her husband a seat at the table with civic leaders okay Mm. Mm, 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 mm. i'm picturing him like going to pta for her for her (laughs) thank you Uh yep 
Yep, that's right. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell it to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs without fear of the future. This woman is a joyful woman. The joy of the Lord is her strength. Um, she doesn't live in fear. She's and the reason why she doesn't live in fear. Let's get it. Let's 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 talk about it, ladies. A lot of times when we're afraid, we're afraid of the unknown, or we're afraid because we're stuck in a moment and we're not really living into our purpose and we know it something's off we just live in the sphere we live in delay but she's not living in that space she's constantly ascending and actually my my personal word for this year is ruha which means to ascend this woman was ascending she was growing um she was flourishing always always because she kept busy she kept her goals in front of her she was um well versed and a lot of different things. And so I think one of the things that can help us women get past fear is just do it. Just do it. Just do whatever's in your heart, what, you, what you're wanting to do. Stop holding your dreams at bay. Stop making excuses for why you can't. Stop dumbing down yourself because your full self is going to be what opens the door from you for you because your vibe attracts your tribe. If you're trying to put a vibe out there into the world that's powerful, has strength, has dignity, that's what you're going to attract. But if you're putting, you know, fear and you're putting timidity and you're putting, um, you know, anxiety and all this stuff, that's what you're going to attract. And so there's a lot of women who are just stuck there, but that's not what she did. She was moving forward. She was, she was powerful. She was brave. Um, and when she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. She spoke the truth in love. She was powerful, but she was kind. And again, this is what makes her stand out as a leader because men, again, this is for, for men. This poem was written for men to understand a dope woman. Men don't really understand how you can be powerful and kind at the same time. They struggle mm. with that. Women. We don't like we innately God has built us to carry power mm. and kindness like no other. And that's why men are like, dang, she's so dope. She's so awesome. Like, let's just look at it. When Kamala hit the stage, you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> With Pence, it was obvious that here's what a woman looks like who, who holds kindness and strength. And he didn't know how to compete in that moment. He sure didn't. And there's a lot of men who are leaders that it's just, it's really hard for them to get to that space. Mm -hmm. um, she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. She is aware and she's watching. She's not asleep. <laughs> she's woke, woke. <laughs> she knows what's going on, not only in her house, but she understands what's going on in her neighborhood. She understands what's going on in her community and she understands what's going on in the world. Don't get it twisted. Don't say you don't have time to understand what's going on in the world and watch the news and, and be a part of your community. A Proverbs 31 woman had her hands in all of this. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. And he says, there are many virtuous and capable women. There's many people who are traditional <laughs> that just do what they're supposed to do. You know, just the, the minimum, you know, make the dinner, take care of the kids, love on your husband, look somewhat decent. There, there's women who can do that. But you, 
Woo! You do it all. You surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. See, it's very clear that this woman in Proverbs 31 isn't all of this stuff because she's just like literally like posturing and like, I'm the boom, you know, I'm awesome. Like she's not just using words. She's actually doing it. And she recognizes that her strength comes from God. Her mm -hmm. wisdom comes from God. Her strategic ideas come from God. Her courage comes from God. Her fight comes from God. Her resilience comes from God. Her prophetic vision comes from God. Her kindness comes from God. Her love, everything, it comes from God. And she knows that. And that is why she is blessed. That is why she is successful. And she puts it into action because she has faith. Reward her, he says, for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. We live in a culture right now where women are trying to publicly declare their own praise. You don't need to do that. If you're a dope woman, your deeds, who you are, will speak for you and people will sing your praises. Ladies, let your life be a song that you don't have to sing, that other people sing of you because you're actually walking out a dope Life of leadership, of love, of compassion, of courage, and of godliness. And so when my therapist said, Cherie, you, I'm looking at you and I'm hearing you and I'm watching you and I see this woman in you. You are a traditional Proverbs 31 woman with this frame that we just discussed. And so I said to myself, that is amazing. That changed my whole concept of a woman. And so now I am leaning into my woman. I don't feel like a girl anymore because I am actually living into all these things that we just discussed. And it is awesome. And it is beautiful. And I want to see other women get unstuck because I just, there's so many women out there that think that I'm an exception. Like they look at me like, oh, Cherie, you're so involved in activism. Okay, oh, Cherie, you're still doing your music and you're releasing songs. Oh, Cherie, you know, you're married. Oh, Cherie, you're, you know, you're mentoring young people. Oh, Cherie, you're this. Oh, Cherie, like as if, oh, Cherie, you're always so fashionable. Oh, Cherie, you're always, I'm like, you can do this too. Like, why are you not doing this? Like, why are you not, like, and it, it comes down to like, they have literally bought into the lie of just being capable, like just doing the basics. And then maybe doing one other thing that's kind of like brave and a little bit outside of the box. And they're not happy. You want to know why? Because you were built for more than that. <laughs> and if your husband is not uh, encouraging you in all these things, and if he thinks that if you're involved in economics and if you're involved in business and if you're involved in community service and civic duty and social justice and faith, and also being a housewife, he thinks all those things compete. You need to let him know what Proverbs 31 really meant. And you need him to understand what this song was supposed to mean. This poem was supposed to mean. And, and, and the praise needs to come to you, girl, because you're handling your business. And a lot of men are intimidated by that, though. So they'll, they'll want to push down their woman in those ways. They're all like, you, you, that's competing for this, that, and the other thing. And the reality is that he should be helping you figure out how to balance all that, not take away stuff because it's intimidating him because he, he's not living into his purpose. It's all about mm -hmm. balance. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing, <laughs> Shree. <laughs> I, uh, 
though I, I've been furiously writing notes. Um, and the phrase that like really stuck out to me was wisdom personified. That wisdom mm. that women are wisdom personified. Because wisdom, what pronouns is wisdom in the Bible? Feminine pronouns. Why? Hmm. I don't know. Holy Spirit also. Feminine. Exactly. Exactly. For real. <laughs> and so I love that idea. And, and Proverbs is a, a book of wisdom. Um, mm-hmm. And that, yeah, I think possibly for the first time as you talked through that passage, I didn't hear women should cook, women should clean, women should uh, watch their children, women need to please their husbands. What I heard instead was women hold your job, hold your career. Uh, women get involved in politics, look at the world around you. Uh, women, uh, you know, uh, invest in yourself. Uh, wear the clothes you want to wear. Be the person you want to be. Don't sacrifice that. And that's amazing. And, and you know, I, I don't aspire to be as fashionable as you. I, you know, I have to balance <laughs> you out a little so that you can shine and look amazing. Not all of us can be you know, as hip as you are. And that's okay. Um, like you are looking great. I'm like in a hoodie. Um, it's Friday though. It's my day off. Um, so, <laughs> but, uh, I, my brain started looking at this passage a little differently when I read, um, a year of biblical womanhood by Rachel Hall Evans eight years ago. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, when I looked at Facebook yesterday, it, it popped up in my, on this day, I read it mm-hmm. eight years ago yesterday. And it was the first thing that I read that made me think, hmm, maybe I am a Proverbs 31 woman. Hmm. Maybe I do fit in. Maybe I am being who God called me to be. Maybe I can be in ministry and be a woman. Maybe this is Mm -hmm. my destiny. Maybe I can find a man who will support me and my dreams. And Mm -hmm. that book uh, prompted a lot of my deconstructing of Mm -hmm. the theology that I had grown up with and had held and uh, started my reconstructing of what I now believe and now hold true. Mm -hmm. And the the phrase for uh, that that first sentence in Proverbs 31, it says, a woman of valor, Mm -hmm. valor. Mm -hmm. and Rachel Mm -hmm. digs into her book what that actually means. And she argues that a woman of valor can be any of those things in Proverbs 31. Woman of valor can also be a million other things too. Uh, Mm -hmm. This passage doesn't have to define fully what a woman of valor is. Whoever you are, that's valor. That's strength. Well, I did read that that from Rachel and she went on to go she went on to say that listen to this lady this is going to be good all right a woman of valor isn't only known for what she does but more importantly how she does it mm. it's all about how you do it it's the essence of how you do it a lot of women can do a lot of things, but how she does it with so much kindness, right? Love, grace, strength, courage, joy, 
isn't it's incredible it's incredible and that's why the husband sings her praises he's like I don't know how you do it the way you do it girl Mm. you go (laughs) I mean and it's the details that the woman brings to it I mean this is why I have male youth workers tell Mm. me all the time that they think that women are just better youth pastors because <laughs> mm-hmm. from the, the places that women lean from with mm-hmm. strength that isn't just aggressive but also mm-hmm. kind and mm-hmm. uh sure confident and there's no carelessness mm-hmm. in the way a woman leads and maybe mm-hmm. part of that is the way we've been conditioned right women can't be careless <laughs> we can't yeah that's a whole nother thing yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, regardless, we have the grid mm-hmm. and we have mm-hmm. the strength to lead well. Yeah. And I think that's why in culture today, it's super sad for me to hear artists like Meg the Stallion um, and Cardi B talk about how like, okay, we're going to make songs now if you're following culture, because you should be ladies, because um, your kids are listening to this for sure. Anyway, look up Meg Thee Stallion, you're going to be horrified, but <laughs> she's really <laughs> talented in her in her rapping, so is Cardi B. Um, but they uh, released a tune, and it was extremely, extremely sexual, um, and very aggressive, uh, very derogatory of women, but they released it on their own terms and their whole thing was like you know men have been talking about us like this for so long we're taking it back and we're gonna talk about ourselves like this we're gonna own it we're gonna project it we're gonna be sexual we're gonna sexualize men we're gonna be the dominant so I think it's just so sad that they feel like they have to take um, the brokenness in men and their way of proving men wrong is by becoming mm-hmm. exactly like their oppressor. Like that is mm-hmm. not what you're supposed to do. Like you are like, that's not what Proverbs 31 is about. It's, it's understanding um, the negative aspects of leadership. Let's put it into a leadership frame and saying, I'm not going to lead that way. Remember, it's not about what you do. It's how you do it. I'm not going to lead that way. I'm going to, I'm going to lead in a whole, a whole other different way. And that is why, um, in her community, uh, people were like, yo, she's so dope. And anybody that's related to her is dope. Come up, come sit with us, like <laughs> to her husband, come sit with us. You know what I mean? Because everything she was surrounded with was just like phenomenal. So I think it's super sad that this is even being twisted into a whole nother thing. When we talk about women that they're just, they're like embracing negativity instead of like figuring out a new way to be a woman. Sure. Sure. You know, I, I really liked how you talked about how this isn't a song that a woman sings about herself. It's a song that mm-hmm. men sing about her. And the image mm-hmm. that I got in my head is how like, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't see this much anymore because I'm in a, a little bit of a different context. But when I was in Bible college, all the girls wrote Proverbs 31 women all over their <laughs> stuff. And, <laughs> and the image I got was rather than us scribbling Proverbs 31 all over our stuff, it's like men who should be slapping Proverbs 31 like on our notebooks. <laughs> doors. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little creepy, but that's the image I got. <laughs> but, you know, I know that there are guys who listen to our podcast. Um, hey guys, thankful for you. Um, hi, uh, shout out. Uh, Shreya, I'm curious, how could the guys who are listening do a better job of singing a strong woman's praises? Mm. Ooh. Um, 
stop using the word traditional. Like, just stop. Um, I think a lot of men, you need to you need to understand that when you use the word traditional um, or safe, a safe person or a safe woman, what you're really just saying is that they don't, they're not a threat to you. And so I would encourage you to stop um, putting women around you because I know a lot of you out there have put women around you that aren't a threat to you. Mm. And it's your ego. That's all you're protecting. So I would encourage you to start surrounding yourself with women that actually feel like a threat to you Hmm. because you're really just afraid of us. You're just afraid of us outleading you. And we're not here to outlead you. We aren't at all. We're different, but we're not trying to outlead you. In fact, if we could co-lead, we could change the world. Um, so I would just say, like, start looking at the women you have sidelined because their strength has intimidated you. Mm. Mm. And, and if you don't have any women who are in mm. your life or in your ministry, <laughs> then you need to do that. Uh, if you don't have women leading, mm-hmm. teaching, and showing the women in your ministry and the young men in your ministry mm-hmm. their ability to lead one day, then mm-hmm. that's a big uh-oh. <laughs> that's a big uh-oh. And if you're listening to us talk right now and it's, it's, and you're feeling some type of way about the authority that I'm speaking in, you're feeling some type of way again because you aren't conditioned or used to mm-hmm. hearing a woman speak with this type of authority. You are used to men having this type of authority in, in their voice. So start to rewire your brain. Start listening to more women who are leaders in your podcast, in your books, the things that you're reading, um, the conversations you're having, who you're inviting to the table. Condition your ear to hear from them. I think that's a big deal. I agree. I agree. And I think what you said is so important. You know, when you start listening to a woman and you feel tense, like, oh, I think she's a little bossy or a little like, (laughs) is she bulldozing me or, oh, she sounds like the other B word. Um, Come on. Ask yourself why. Ask yourself why you feel that way. And you have, it is your responsibility to investigate whether those are your biases against women that you may not have realized you had, or mm-hmm. if that's something else, um, do mm-hmm. us a favor and investigate that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So as we wrap up, go ahead. Well, I was going to say one last thing, and this is complicated. And I, I, this is for the women and the men out there that are listening. We have to understand that we're living in a new era of the woman. So if you look at the leaders that are arising right now um, globally, but definitely here in America, we have a lot of strong women rising, okay? The future is definitely going to be way more um, representative of women and particularly women of color, okay? So what I would say is that is where we are going. That's where it should have been in the first place. Um, so I would say husbands, you might have been raised by a a mother who didn't have the freedom, who didn't think she had the freedom to be like the woman I just described. And you may worship that in a sense, because 
in, in all reality, you benefited from it, right? You, you had all of her attention in the home and you felt very nurtured, but that doesn't mean that a woman who's involved in all these other things can't give attention and can't nurture. It's just a part of what she does. It is not her whole. So I would say, don't allow your image of your mother to be projected onto your wife or for her to judge your wife based on what she thinks a woman should be. Cause that's, there's a generational gap and there's some freedom that's about to come to women in 2020 and beyond that your mother has not seen. And I would say for women, same thing. Your mother may not have had the freedom to be what you are now allowed to be. So don't let that hold you back teach your daughters how to be a new type of woman, this real, uh, this real dope woman that is really described in Proverbs 31. Be that example and don't be beholden to the past. Mm. That's good. That's good stuff, Sheree. Mm. So as we wrap, as we wrap this up, um, I always give a last question and, and maybe, maybe you've already answered this, but my last question is, do you have any piece of advice or a word of encouragement for the women listening? It could be related to this. It could be completely unrelated. It could just be anything that's on your head. Hmm. Girl, you're going to be okay. Um, the first person you need to commit to is yourself. Who are you going to be? What legacy are you going to leave? Why does it mean something to you? Your dreams are not stupid. You are more than capable, more than capable. And nobody can stop your legacy. Even if you're in a broken marriage, for instance, even if you've made some mistakes, like God is so gracious. He is the kind of God that leads with exactly what this woman leads with, with power and kindness. And God is always trying to work the bad for the good on our behalf to women who are committed to him, first and foremost, who fear the Lord and are committed to God. Like God is always working for you. So understand that you don't have to do this on your own, that God is actually working for you he wants to see you become this type of woman and he's going to give you a path no matter what the obstacles are no matter what to be the woman you dream of being keep her in mind that version of yourself that you see that you want to be he put that vision there go after her nurture her love her become her manifest her no matter what, and know that the Holy Spirit, which is your counselor, will guide you and give you the wisdom to be this type of leader. And if we women really live like that, <laughs> this world would be a whole different place. And that is the world that I dream of. And that is the world that I'm trying to create. And that is the world that I believe God brought me here for such a time as this to create. Thank you so much, Sheree, for being on. We are going to link to your social media in our description box below and also to your new single, Let Love Begin. It was a joy to have you on today and Thanks, um, just want to wish a happy 2021 to all those who are listening. Until next week. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate us five stars and follow us on Insta or Twitter at Women in YM. If you're a woman listening, we'd love to have you in our Facebook community. Visit womeninyouthministry.com to learn more.